The moment I saw leadership on the tender of life, I instantly swiped right. And boy, was it perfect. But the next thing I knew, constant influx messages, a long list of responsibilities, and 101 challenges to deal with all the time. To ace leadership, we gotta know what it takes, right? That's why our guest is here today to tell us what we need to know. So, cue intro. It's a pleasure and honor to have this guest on the Taylor's Uni podcast today. And it is none other than Mr. Carlson. Hi, Mr. Carlson. How are you doing today? Hello. Thanks for having me. Hi, Andrea. Hi, John. For those who don't know, Mr. Carlson is the country manager of the leading marketing company called Nafnang Malaysia, as well as an established leadership coach of over 15 years. We know that you're a busy man, so thank you for taking the time out to speak with us and diving deep into our topic of today. But before we grill you with our many pressing questions, I would like to know, how are you doing today? Thank you. Thanks for asking. I am well, uh, but usually I will say that I'm well, then I will probably say that sometimes I'm in the well. Uh, sometimes I have to be the well that holds everyone together, but generally I'm well. All right. So today's topic is all about leadership. Um, could you possibly tell us what you know about leadership, Carlson? Leadership to me, how I define it is uh, someone without authority, uh, but is able to influence another individual or group of people towards a vision. Doesn't mean that this person needs to have a title, like a manager or a director in this case. Someone who is able to influence a group of people or an individual towards a vision, to me, I consider that uh, that person as a leader already. Right, right. That's cool. So do you think that people can actually be born with a leadership ability? Or is that something that has to be cultivated over time? Yeah, I think you're probably sick of hearing this. It's both. Tell you a story about this, right? I'm the eldest in a family. So for even in my generation, my cousins and all, I'm, I'm still the eldest. So for whatever reason, somehow I always feel the burden to lead. My, my parents would call me boy. A oh boy. Uh, a boy, a boy, right? So a uh, boy do this, boy do that, boy do this and so on. So I always you know this leading position. As I go into uh, secondary school, I was given an opportunity to become the head prefect. So I think to a certain extent, uh, I was kind of born with the the, the they call it a chiri chiri I don't know what is it called in English uh, the, the the elements of becoming a leader or leader so I've shown some kind of leadership potential right I grew up in a staple of watching TV right uh, what leadership is right so most of the time you see war movies leaders uh, the ones that's always shouting and barking instructions uh, you know my way or the highway in all these movies right so to me it's like wow that is what leadership is, right? So no one guided me. So what happened uh, was that uh, at the age of, I think, what, uh, 15 or so, that I thought this is the way. Damn. That's a scary, scary head prefect like that. Yeah. Commander. I remember one specific moment. So I don't know why, you know, maybe I had poor self-esteem or, or so on. I picked uh, another prefect who was so-called not performing, right? And he's this overweight prefect, right? So I was like shouting at him and I says, how come you were not doing your, your job? Stuff that is just now and so on. But to punish you, I want you to do push-ups now. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> then, he, then he looked at me, he has this shocked look. He looked at me and he said, are you sure? 
This is yes, down, down, 20. Poor guy. Yeah, so that's how I understood leadership to be. Over time, I started to realize that nobody wanted to be my friend. So back to your question, is it born or cultivated? I think it's actually both. Like for me, I felt that I was kind of born with some characteristics of uh, being a leader, but I wasn't cultivated. And as a result, I became a terrible leader, right? So th- that does not mean that someone who's a born leader will be a good leader. So like anything else, in short, leadership is a skill. And like any other skill, whether it's cycling or swimming and so on, you can learn. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree that um, some people are just born with that ability to be leaders, but it really uh, it really depends on how they are nurtured and how they are taught to be a leader. Absolutely. Um, you work with a lot of uh staff and yeah, especially young adults and different people all throughout your time. So can you tell me, when you look at your employees, what qualities tell you that someone would be a good leader? You know, like what does it mean to have the heart, the mind and the skill of a good leader? Probably there are three things that I look for. Number one is whether this person has a heart of a parent. When I say I have a heart of a parent is that I'm very sure that your parents will always say that, hey, I will do whatever it takes for you to be a better version of yourself and to be better than me. So whoever uh, who shows the kind of uh, inclination, the kind of like whenever they're given any task or given a group of people that they work with, they always look out for the other person. They always want the other person to be better. And the other indication is that uh, this person is able to influence without a title. And the third thing is that uh, in order for someone to, to show qualities of a leader is uh, this person always uh, is learning. So that to me, if someone who, who, who demonstrate those kind of uh, uh, characteristics, I'll be quite drawn to actually look at how do I invest and help this person to be a leader. All right. So actually, I think for our listeners out there also who have actually like heard it first, these are like really good tips also um, for you that, a leader is actually a student also but i think that's really something that can be like turned the other way around also because if a leader is a student how do you actually tell if that person isn't ready to lead he hasn't learned enough and possibly uh forgive me might be a high school prefect uh, as <laughs> you were previously yes yeah right okay um yeah let's let's look at a high school prefect example again um, I think the main thing if someone is not ready is this thing called self-serving. That whatever that person is doing, the actions this person is doing is very self-serving. So back to my prefect example, right? It was self-serving to me because I, wasn't, I didn't have any interest of adding value to any of the prefects, uh, the, my team or the people. To me, it was more of like, I'm being given this title, I need to live up to this title. So it's actually serving my own needs. I need to look good. I feel like we all have like a certain amount of ego. Like even in at times where I was a leader in small capacities, I feel like ego can get the better of me. So I kind of just want to add on a question. How can we stop that ego from getting the better of us when we leave? It's very important for you to be open uh, to feedback. I think feedback is one thing which we don't get enough. Even not, don't talk about being a leader. By just being an individual, I think it's important uh, to be able to have that desire for you to say, I want to hear from you. As a leader, it's always good to kind of look for people that you hang out with uh, or your second in command or whoever and ask this question, hey, how am I, being, how am I as a leader? So most of the time when uh, someone who is 
they feel that they're up there when they receive such feedback, they'll become very defensive. They say, oh, no, I'm not. That kind of thing, right? No, I don't think so. They start to justify those actions, right? Uh, but the moment you catch yourself actually doing all these defensive uh, uh, behaviors or you're trying to justify, it's where there is actually something to learn in there. It's kind of, you got to ask yourself and say, hey, wait, wait a minute. Why am I being defensive? Why am I, you know, why is this feel horrible for me? Is there truth in it? Okay. So you need to be able to separate uh, the emotions and uh, the, the content of the other person and to say, okay, is that truth? You know, if that's truth, then I think I need to work on this. Alright, so now I'd like to ask, how important are these leadership qualities when you're looking for a candidate and what are some other qualities that you look for? Depending, of course, on the, the position. If I'm looking for a managerial position, of course, I need to look for all these things, right? But let's say I'm addressing uh, in, the, in the context of uh, a first jobber, like someone who just freshly graduated. For me, I will actually look out for three things. First thing I actually look out for, um, I think, is competency or skills. If someone is a fresh grad, obviously they don't have the kind of relevant skills. So this is where I look into their internship. So what have they learned from the internship? How, what kind of exposure they have? Those skills which could be transferable to their position. Second thing I look out for, if this person doesn't have any skills or whatsoever, is the drive. Whether or not this person is ambitious or not. Whether this person actually have a dream or not. When this person have a dream or have this ambition or this drive, they will kind of push themselves towards succeeding. And the third thing is that whether this person, this candidate, have a shared value with the company. Just that so happened, uh, our, one of the values of a company is leadership. So hence, that's why probably I will look into a little bit of the leadership component. But usually I don't like look out for like when I interview, I don't look out for whether this person is a leader or not. In fact, one of the questions I usually ask a candidate is that, what kind of leader would you want to be under? That's the only extent I will ask about leadership. But most of the time, I'll test for skills, I'll test for ambition, and I'll test for shared values. After listening to the candidate, then I will usually ask this question, how can Nafneng uh, help you in your career growth? How can we help you in your career growth? That question usually throw a lot of candidates uh, uh, they, they'd be like, wait a minute, usually it's like more of the other way, more of like, how can I add value to the company? But this is the first time I'm hearing a company actually asking me how I can add value to you. That's cool, because um, I think a lot of our listeners out there also are like university students and they definitely will be listening to this and be like, wow, that's a that's an interview question I have to pre- prepare for before going for my interview. Um, just out of curiosity, have you actually hired any students from Taylor's University before? <laughs> yeah, we do have one uh, who uh, who is with us. Uh, she's two and a half years with us. Her first job is with Nafneng. And I must say that she kind of really lives up to your core purpose of Taylor's, right? Which is to, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually to educate uh, young people to be productive in the in the workplace. Her name is Jean, Jean Lee. Hi, Jean. Shout out to you. Uh, Jean has been with us for two and a half years. What's interesting is that recently, she has just been promoted to a leadership position. Nice. Congratulations, Jean. <laughs> what I really like about that, that promotion in this case, right, is that when I had a one-on-one and, uh, with discussion with her, she actually asked me this question, which I knew that she was prepared. She was ready for leadership. She actually said, I'm actually very anxious and nervous because I don't think I'm ready to be a leader. So to me, right, whenever someone who actually says that, 
is someone who is actually going to be ready for leadership because you're never going to be ready for leadership. Um, I think there's a saying that rough seas make good sailors. When there's rough seas, that's where it really, really tests you as a, a sailor. You feel that you're not ready. You are actually much more careful in every action that you put in. Yeah, Jean, thank you so much for making Taylor's proud. And Mr. Carlson, thank you so much for guiding her and assuring her. No problems. Now, we've talked about the qualities of good leaders, but what I want to ask is how do you think we can build and equip ourselves practically to gain these qualities? Um, I think, firstly, I think Taylor's, from what I understand, is already doing a good job just by having that motto, right? Uh, uh, that that your you exist uh, to to inspire learning, if I'm not mistaken, inspire learning, uh, life skills and leadership skills. To me, education is not just academics, but everything else, right? From leadership to life skills and just constantly being a student, right? I just want to chime in a little bit more. I think the first thing is I would probably say that I pity or kasihan you, young people these days, right? Uh, why is because you have much more, much more pressure to be somebody. Uh, you have to do like way more. You need to be a generalist and you need to be a specialist as well at the same time in order for you, you need to multitask, you need to do all sorts of things, right? I think in order for you to equip yourself better, right? I will probably say for young people, what's important is to have these five buckets in your life. The first bucket is skills, employers and so on would actually be hiring really by skills and not by your qualification only. Second thing is invest in knowledge. When I say knowledge means just be open to learn about anything and everything. Third bucket is network. You need to know people. I don't like to say it that way, but it's actually who you know is also important. Um, and the fourth thing is resources. Resources here means money. And the fifth one is your reputation. Those days, my time, don't really worry about too much about reputation because there's no social media. So you have all these five things uh, being put in place. I think you're going to be a much better position as a leader or leading front in your 20s. Yeah, thank you. I really, I really love all the buckets that you gave. I'll write it down and stick it on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> so let's like segue a little bit into some of the, not qualities, but what comes with leadership. So oftentimes you see leadership having um, power and authority. I think, Carlson, you touched a little bit on authority earlier in the conversation. Um, but this is just like, for me, it's like a false image, like being in power and having authority. What is the actual reality of being a leader? I've got one story about 10, 15 years ago or so. Yeah, so when I started to become a leader uh, in an organization, so there's this one staff which I have, she wasn't performing. She was much older than me. For whatever reason, she's not performing. When I say not performing means the proposals that she was supposed to pass up to the client, she, there was a delay in all those things. She was chronically late to work. But for whatever reason, I didn't confront her. I dropped a lot of hints. So that's the reality of it, right? So you, you're supposed to be like, just tell this person. But maybe because I, I'm an introverted person, I don't have the skills, I don't know how. I just didn't confront this person. In, in, instead, what I did was I threw a lot of hints, hoping that this person catches it. So I will, I will use this thing called a sandwich technique, right? Just see all the good things about this person and then quickly slip in something bad about this person. Hopefully she gets it. So I thought that she got it, but she keeps repeating the same mistakes again and again and again and again, and again right? Then one day, my boss came up to me and said, 
hey, what's happening to this staff of yours? How come she is not performing? Then I was like, oh, because, you know, then I came up with all, all sorts of reasons and everything. And then my boss said, ask her to come to my room right now. So there's a side story to this. She, at that point in time, was trying to get pregnant for the longest time and she finally got pregnant. She came to the room with her belly, you know, like six months pregnant, came to the room and my boss looked at her. My boss just went for the kill and said that this client is not happy because you're not done anything and so on. You don't have to come to work anymore. You're fired. Oh no. Yeah. So, and she has this shock, right? It's like, what? You know, and I remember when I was going out of that room, she was in front of me. She turned back and looked at me and she said, I thought you said that I was okay. Yeah, so the reality of it is that as a leader, you have to do the difficult things. You have to be able to confront a non-performing staff. A lot of leaders, they don't do that really well. Either they will outsource it to the HR to do it, or they will try to do some other things, but they will never uh, want to be able to, to confront. What I learned from that lesson is I need to be as direct as possible and just address it. Uh, the magic is in the delivery. You don't have to be rude. You just got to be direct and be straightforward and just tell them what exactly is the issue. Thought-provoking questions, ask them why, listen in and so on, and then co-create a solution together with them to solve it. The feedback that I always, or at least what I keep listening to some leaders when I ask them why you don't confront this person, uh, they, they always say that, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt the other person. In actuality, his or her action as leader of not wanting to tell the other person is a selfish reason, extremely selfish. Why? It's because although this person say, I care about this person, I don't want to hurt the other person, actually it's not true. The person that the leader doesn't want to hurt is himself or herself. They do not want to look bad in front of the other person. The biggest challenge of a leader is yourself. I'm going to put on my warrior suit and <laughs> overcome myself. All right. So we have one last question for you today. So as, as someone who is under leadership right now, how can you actually bring up your leader's mistakes to them? Because it's kind of a fine line to tread upon because, you know, your, your boss is your boss, you know. So how do you actually let them know that they have done something wrong and maybe you could improve in a certain way? Know your boss really well. So if your boss is someone who's very fiery and all, uh, then it's important to choose the right timing. Again, it's all in the delivery, in the words and choice of words that you use to, to confront your boss. I think confront sounds a bit uh, offensive sometimes. I think what I like to use the word would be uh, to have courageous conversations. Now, when you approach your boss this way, I'm sure your boss will have some kind of empathy as well to see, okay, okay, let me explain to you what happened, right? As opposed to like, hey boss, you know, that day, uh, what you say, right? Uh, then of course, then, then you, you go in with the offensive, but you, if you're able to talk to your boss this way, chances are it will come up pretty positive. Yeah. So, um, you know, having you here today with us has really given us an abundance of invaluable insight and advice on how we can actually lead well and also become healthy leaders in the coming days. So from us to you, thank you so much for your time here today uh, and thank you for being here with us. We truly, truly appreciate it, Carlson. Thank you so much, Andrea and John. Thank you for your time and uh, congrats again for being the number one private uh, 
institution uh, in Malaysia as well as uh, Southeast Asia. Good job in that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Carlson. Uh, you've been really great. And also to our listeners, we hope you took away as much as we did and we'll put some of these tips into action into your own journey of personal growth. Also, please do smash and follow that button on Taylor's Uni Spotify as well as subscribe to Taylor's Uni YouTube channel and follow us on our socials at My Taylor's College and at Taylor's Uni. We've always got something new and exciting up our seeds. So catch you on the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.